0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, today we do have some fun things. I think we have a good main topic. I think it's solid. I mean, I'm anticipating it's going to be good. Uh, But we do need to throw this out there. We are kind of in a rush because Dune is out on HBO Max, and we want to go watch that. So we're gonna. Hop to it right quick, see what's going on. Brent, what have you been up to in the net, in the last couple weeks?
1: Well, I subscribed to HBO Max because I mm. needed to get caught up on Babylon 5. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I've had, I've had 25 years to do this, and I've been procrastinating, mm. but the time has finally come because they're giving Michael J. Straczynski an extra chance to try to get it right this time. It's coming back around. Oh, so. yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, okay. I forgot about that. that's why. Yeah, we were talking about that. It makes sense. Uh reboot or sequel.
1: I think reboot. I think reboot.
0: By the same people though?
1: Yeah, the same main main guy, the same showrunner, okay. writer. Yeah. Well that's good. There, was, that's there cool. was one guy who like drafted all five seasons and wrote like ninety percent of the episodes oh, wow. which no show has basically.
0: No, nobody yeah. does that. That's too much
1: work. Yeah, And so back in the 90s, it was a show that had like a five season long arc, apparently, or four seasons because some got rushed and they, whatever. But it was like it had an actual arc instead of just New Planet every episode, which was right. uh, apparently kind of cool. It also yeah. had a very bad CGI. Very, very <laughs> bad CGI.
0: At the time, groundbreaking for TV. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that came and, out uh, like Toy Story era, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it was early CGI, it was, yeah. uh, and with any, you know, uh, sci-fi or fantasy show or movie or whatever, I'm always looking for for inspiration of, okay, do I want to get like a model of anything in here, and not a ton, honestly, not a ton, partially (laughs) because of that really bad CGI, and that's fine. A couple of the alien races look pretty cool, but some of them look really dumb, so yeah, (laughs) there's that. I mean, that's
0: the thing, right, with, like, ship designs, and I know, like, a lot of people liked that show, and then a lot of people didn't, and it was because of weird stuff like that. It's like, this this doesn't make any sense. Like, come on, give me my, my Star Trek with just flying saucers with stick engines out the back. Like, that makes perfect sense, right? We're used to that.
1: Yeah, and I was digging back into the the history and all the old forms and and people used to get really angry about deep space nine like ripping off battlestar galactica because apparently they came out <laughs> at like the same time and had some similar themes running through them. look yeah, this is okay. this is all in the past and this is this is not directly related to paint minis I'm although i have been to painting some minis can... while watching battlestar galactica <laughs> you know
0: Yeah, that's Uh a good way to to relate it back to it's like what do you do while you paint your minis that's like makes you the most productive right and this just this isn't the main topic or anything i'm just throwing this out there because we're kind of hitting on that like uh i also wanted to talk a little bit about an audiobook that i've been listening to this my thing that i like to do when i'm painting so like is that what you do you just like throw on a, a babylon 5 or the office and you just get to it
1: yeah, I, I'm actually more more audiobooks myself. But mm. hey, neither of us being are being sponsored by Audible right here, so we don't need to talk about that.
0: Oh well, fine.
1: If <laughs> yeah, Amazon wants their ad spot on Paint of the podcast, they gotta pay. You know.
0: You know, I could probably arrange that. It's really the thing you do. Just talk to somebody, and then they go, "Oh, sure."
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of mm-hmm. how it
0: goes. Like. Um, yeah.
1: Now we do have a a main topic today. We, we, uh, kind of hashed this out ahead of time. We wrote mm-hmm. down an idea for a main topic. So a little bit later in this episode, we're going to be talking about why it's sometimes okay or even good to just paint the box art. Absolutely. Just reproduce that old box art. Yeah. So we're going to get there. But first, we got our updates we got we got stuff to talk about. we've got you know what's been going on the past couple of weeks that that gives that, us an idea of some some wisdom or news to pass on and i've I've got more news than wisdom, but Casey, right. <laughs> you have wisdom for us today do I, so.
0: do I are you sure
1: I, I are you sure you, up. you can you can choose uh, anything you did in the past hmm. couple of weeks that might wisdom. seem wise to somebody.
0: That's a good point. Okay, okay. I got I got something then. Okay. Uh I decided um to move to a 2 week schedule for uploading on YouTube, which I've been doing uh I've been doing every single week since I started. And that was was that 3 years now that we've been doing this? Like a long time for for like YouTube and and weekly uploading, right? Like doing that pretty rigidly like I think I've only missed like one or two weeks um out of the whole time and that was like either I was like deathly ill (laughs) or I was on out of town or something and I just couldn't you know there's no no choice but uh yeah so I've been doing that and and you know what it's just not worth doing like putting so much effort into Making a video that's like, you know, I like doing that, but, um, what I was getting back out of it was not exactly good, I guess. Not to say that like, like, uh, the response wasn't good, but like looking at the numbers constantly, like feeling one way or another about last week's video compared to this week's video compared to like something else or trying to come up with ideas constantly. To, like, keep up with something that nobody's that nobody's in a race for. Except for myself, right? Um, so I decided to take it a little bit slower. Slow down. Spend my time on projects that I actually like to do. And, uh, you know what? So far, it's been, like, it, it's been weird. <laughs> like, very strange. Because it feels so weird. But, like, it's very good at the same time. So, you know, slow down sometimes. You just gotta slow down. It's fine. You'll get you'll get your stuff painted. Just make sure you're having a good time doing it. Don't rush it. So that's yeah, that's nothing the wisdom with
1: it. taking a little more time to to get stuff the way you want it. Yeah. No, I, that sounds like a good schedule. I'm I'm happy for you, Casey. Well, so thank you. Expect yeah. fewer videos from Casey, but perhaps better. You know, we'll see. Uh, yeah. That that part well, yet to I mean, yet to be written. <laughs> like so far, um.
0: I've only put out one video <laughs> since I switched and um, the next one will go up on the 31st, I think. So actually there won't be a video up from me by the time this podcast goes up. So that that's, that's what that looks like. <laughs> um, so it'll be the week that following week. Um, but like, I feel like so far, it's not that I put more effort into the video. Like it still looks the same, Um, But I have like expanded. So I did a thing like I painted some orcs, right? I I rescued some orcs, stripped them down, repaired them, 3D printed new parts. Really cool. And then I was like, you know, I don't need to sit here and paint all this. Like I got an extra week. Like I'm going to get some of my friends to paint the rest of these models. And then I'm going to talk about like how orcs just look cool, like no matter how they're painted. And when you put them together, they look cool together, like regardless Mm -hmm. of whatever color skin they have or you know if they got red adornments or blue or yellow or whatever armor it doesn't matter like they all just look cool together and i think that holds true pretty much for every orc it's just regardless they just look cool together yeah
1: right on truth wisdom
0: yeah there you go <laughs> it's all i got all the wisdom yeah um yeah that i don't i don't have any more wisdom i think i think all the rest of the stuff is like Yay! <laughs> Look what I did or did too. <laughs> hit us up.
1: Hit us up with one more. One more nugget, Casey.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, like we said, it's not not sponsored by Audible, but I've been listening to a book called Project Hail Mary, um, which is Andy Weir. He wrote The Martian, uh, which is another awesome book. Uh, really enjoyed the book. It was good. It went way too quick, and uh, I'm looking for recommendations for for sci-fi, like on that level. If anybody knows, yeah, I
1: don't know if that's that wisdom level. or not,
0: but but it's worth reading. It's worth checking out The Martian and uh, Project Hail Mary. Okay, yeah, extremely well done. Really cool, like uh, like hard sci-fi where it's like, uh, it's almost like this could have happened kind of thing, where like something, you know, like. In The Martian, he gets stuck on Mars, and then he, like, sciences his way out of it, right? And it's, like, it feels very realistic, like, how that's taken in the book. It's, like, crunching numbers, doing math, you know, figuring things out, and it feels, you know, real. Yeah. More science than fiction, maybe? I don't know.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I can't help you there. I've It's just been all Napoleonic naval books for me on tape. <laughs>
0: Okay, see so you went you went backwards. I'm I'm looking forwards.
1: Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. You thought about getting any uh, any any war games in like some historical naval.
1: It'll happen. It'll, It'll happen. happen. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> I pretty soon I'm just going to be painting up model third rate ship at the line you know, seventy four guns. Maybe get some. You get some frigates in there, some sixth rates, fifth rates, you know.
0: Sounds like a good time. Like, uh, I don't know. You could use you could use rules for oh, whatever, like the Armada. I think it's like a space naval game, but you could just change the the stuff out for naval ships.
1: There's there's plenty of rule sets for I mean, for high seas is. combat.
0: Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> like I've never looked into it.
1: Look, all all things in their time, and this time is coming. I just I just put it that way.
0: I think that's that's a a difference between you and I, and not necessarily like a bad thing. But like, if if I'm on a thing, like if I find a thing, like I'm all over that thing until I I complete it. I follow through, you know. Like, I don't know what it is. Like I, I I get into certain modes, I guess. And like, I, I have to follow something through. So, you know, I'm making a, a teeny tiny Warhammer army, like pocket hammer, right? It's like, I got, I got to print out full armies. I got to paint them. I got to do the terrain. Got to do all this. I got to follow it all the way through to the end and be like, okay, I did it. Now what? <laughs> you know? And you're like, someday it'll come. And I, I can't handle that. Like it's. No, I'm like, Mm. what are the, what is the best naval game, historical naval game? What are the (laughs) best, but like, tell me so that this can happen and I can be like, yes, I like this or no, it's kind of dumb. Like that's, that's, yeah.
1: Right. For me, it's the background noise while I'm working on other stuff right now, but I can feel it building. Um, Mm. But no, someday we should have an episode of, uh, you know, multitasking versus hyper-focused laser hobby uh, progression. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think uh, yeah. the two of us may be good examples of those two extremes. <laughs> I <'cause> think so. <laughs> I am always working on a ton of different things at the same time, and uh, you you get focused.
0: That's true. Um, yeah, that would actually be kind of an interesting. Anyway, yeah, 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 for another time, perhaps.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll save that one. We'll we'll scribble I do that like away. It,
0: though. I do like
1: it now. Uh, let me let me give you a little update over here. Uh if you are watching on YouTube, Paint Bravely the podcast over on YouTube, you may see that I have a cardboard gingerbread house in front of me. Is that cardboard? So it this is cardboard. Yep. So uh my my update of the week is I want to talk about a couple of products that are coming to market soon that are actually like really worth talking about. So yeah. The first one I want to talk about is Frameworks from uh, WizKids. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so this is their upcoming D&D licensed polystyrene plastic kits from WizKids.
0: Multipart kits. like Cut, yes. them, cut them down with screw cutters, put them together just like a GW kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's
0: a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. Yeah, use your regular old uh, plastic cement to put them together if you want. Like, comes on a sprue, you, you clip yeah. them out, you put them together with like a <laughs> plastic model kit. Yeah. So uh, I got my hands <laughs> on the first example of Frameworks uh, last weekend. So WizKids was contributing to the Free RPG Day, which is or it was uh, an event run at my local game store, and I think several different companies were all contributing to this. Yeah, yeah. But from WizKids was kind of like a... A mini encounter or something i wasn't actually real clear on the whole story but it somehow involved a cardboard cutout gingerbread house sure it came with a <laughs> eight by eight tile thing really so was like a little mouse pad here with eight by it's it's uh it's a mouse this was, pad this was free yeah or, wow. or it was given out to stores as promotional material and sure. i uh Got you my guy, them. Brendan, to, to ah, slide it to me uh, on the down low on the I proper day. I but, could see that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's like a, uh encounter mat or whatever, but it's only I mean, eight tiles by eight tiles. So, okay, it's like a tiny little encounter mat that I guess goes outside of the gingerbread house. And then the frameworks part is uh, a plastic kit for a night hag, which is a witch who lives in the gingerbread house. And who has like a little gingerbread man helper. Hmm. And she has a See pot that she's stirring yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so this was this witch, this night hag, was my first introduction to the frameworks line. And uh yeah, plastic kit and the witch, you know, the her legs and body, and in this case her head, are all locked in place. Um mm-hmm. uh, there's there's no wiggle room on those. But the arms had choices. So there were a couple of different hands, one's holding a heart, one's just like beckoning, one's holding an apple. Um, you can change the angles of the shoulders a little bit. Okay. So there's not there's there's a little bit of customization on this one. Um but there were like a lot of bits. So there was a cauldron that's bubbling and tons of spell effects, like the cauldron can be suspended on like a flame spell effect, and then swirling mists, and um, all that was actually cast in clear polystyrene, which uh, is not actually very helpful. <laughs> no.
0: No, but you know uh, what, like, I think that's been a staple for D&D minis for a while now.
1: Hmm. Like,
0: fire spell effects, elementals, a lot of the times are, are cast in clear plastics, and then you get that kind of uh, transparent paint over the top or use washes and it has that certain look to it. So I think it's, I think it's just more that historically that's where it's been. Um, Maybe, although maybe, you know, for a multi-part kit, like eh, who cares? Like, right. Make it, make it gray plastic. We're going to paint it. Like don't make this more difficult than it has to be. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And and it seems like the, the gray plastic cauldron was supposed to have a clear plastic, like bubbling liquid glued Mm -hmm. inside it. And it was supposed to sit on top of a clear plastic, you know, the gray cauldron, supposed to sit on the top of the clear plastic flames. Yeah. And coming out of the cauldron is supposed to be clear plastic mists and vapors and all culminating in like uh, a vaporous gingerbread man kind of poking over the shoulder of the, the night hag, the witch. Sure, sure. So, I left out a lot of the spell effects. I'm right. (laughs) We can talk about this someday too, but I'm actually not big on spell effects most of the time. Hmm. Um, or I'll just maybe if I get like really into lighting effects, you know, if I go through one of those phases or something, maybe I'll be more into it. But for the most part, I like to to imagine the spells or you know, see her beckoning and Mm -hmm. not beckoning with a ton of crap sticking out of her hands, you know. That's
0: that's true. I think I'm I'm right there with you. Like unless you're doing some kind of OSL or some specific type of effect with your paint job like where the the item or the bit is helping to sell that effect, like then there's no reason to really have those there. Um it also, I don't know, like I feel like in a lot of cases extra bits like in particular like knives and pouches that aren't pre-sculpted into the model look seriously stupid just glued on sometimes and I, so i just i don't i don't bother
1: yeah sometimes they yeah. can so um this is the first model i've gotten my hands on from the framework set i think it's supposed to be a couple months in the future from the times of this recording um sure. but they are starting to pop up on various websites like for sale pre-order sort of stuff yeah and so we're starting to see what the range is going to look like and what the prices are going to be. So like a lot of the range is male human fighter. And so that'll be a $15 (laughs) kit comes with one model with a decent number of options. yeah. And so it'll be like the, the chest and legs are all locked into position and nothing you can do about them, but there'll be different arms with different weapons, a couple of different heads and, yeah, a couple of different items that you can glue to their back or belt or whatever. They might have a cape or something. Um, And it seemed like there were going to be a lot of different kits available very early. So sure. I was scrolling down the list and, you know, male human fighter, female human fighter. But then you get into female dwarf barbarian. You're getting to... That's super specific, know, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Tiefling Rogue. Uh, uh-huh. and it actually seemed like there was a decent number of options in the in the initial line. And those those are like, you know, the player character. so my understanding is D D has twelve different classes and like five different races, couple of genders, uh, uh and
0: that's if you're like half something or half something else, then, then what? That's a lot of models to like. Put
1: That's out. gonna add up. That's gonna yeah. require, uh, you know, in-person shops to carry a lot of stock. But I imagine the boxes are pretty small.
0: I mean, they or, I, they probably so, are. And so, if so you they, see those okay. those D and D sections in most hobby shops, they're already huge. Like the what is it? The Pathfinder models, or maybe it is just the Nolzer stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of it. It's it's always huge, huge display. That's true. At least, at least in my stores.
1: Yeah, so as it is, you know, e- either Nulzer's Magnificent Minis or WizKids Minis, like right now, they're PVC models. Sometimes they're pre-primed, I don't know. But they're, you know, PVC, yeah. to me, is an inferior uh, plastic for, for making models out of. She- and the the reason we wanted to talk about this in the first place is because... I think both of us agree that polystyrene is the best material out there for models right now.
0: I would uh, I would say know. that, yeah. I would
1: agree. Metal, resin, whether it's cast or whether it's 3D printed uh and then PVC all inferior compared to just uh injection molded polystyrene. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's lightweight, it's relatively durable, more glues work with it, it's easy to sand and file and cut and modify and doesn't break under its own weight, it doesn't bend.
0: Yeah, it's super... I mean, it is like... Essentially, when, when that stuff came out and they started making kits with it, it was like, revolutionary, right? And that's why Games Workshop has been on top as far as their kits go for a long time because they've been using that for a long time. And now with the way that they're 3d sculpting and cutting models up, it's even better. You know, it's like it goes hand in hand. So you get some really cool stuff out of that material. And uh, I I don't think we've, we probably haven't seen the end of its capabilities, but uh, I think we're maybe getting close to the limit, but I don't think there's anything out there that's going to be better.
1: Right. Right. So, You know, obviously Games Workshop, I mean, first off, obviously there's been, uh, you know, model cars and airplanes and and (laughs) battleships made out of polystyrene for a long time. And, uh, you know, Games Workshop makes most of their stuff out of polystyrene and it's good. You can make high detail models with that. Um, And there are a few other companies doing polystyrene models, so... You've got uh, Warlord and Mantic and, and Weird, uh probably yeah. a few others. But the, the uh, reason that uh, I think Infinity Frameworks is, is is newsworthy is it's D D. Mm-hmm. WizKids is a big name in that space. Uh, I mean, as it is, you can go into like a lot of local stores and see racks and racks of WizKids mm-hmm. models, even in, like kinda crappy uh yeah. P V C models. Um, so this is going to be nice models that are customizable, available for people's player characters in D, made out of a good material, and are going to be widely available. So I think this is yeah, this is this is a big day and I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Oh, i I think I'm right there with you. Um after having seen the the lineup and some of the monsters, especially some of the larger monsters that are coming out, like um, they're really focusing on adding a lot of bits so that you do get a lot of variety out of one kit. Now, that also means that they are charging a fair amount for their models. Now, I think $15 for a hero character that you're going to probably be playing for a while, assuming, right, is a sweet deal, like, for a good kit, you know?
1: Um, yeah, if you like it, so so like I said, yeah. the you know the chest and legs, no customization there, and if they're <laughs> and if the line is already starting off, you know everything from male human fighter to female tiefling rogue, I mean yeah. there's there's not exactly going to be you know male human fighter variant five. I don't think that's coming along anytime soon to get like different armor and stuff. Um, sure. So. So in some ways, you know, you better like the armor that's on your race and class. Yeah, or, or but else I mean, there's still a good not, variety. You know, um, at least in the But you can get, you know, something that represents your character, a couple of different head options, a couple of item options, a couple of weapon options. And if that at all jibes with the character that you're making in your next game... Yeah, the, the price for those kind of player character kits are $15. Yeah. And I think most people, I think that's going to be worth it for most people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I would imagine a lot of people who are strictly D&D don't necessarily do a lot of mini painting at this point. Or if they do, it's like it's relatively new. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, from what we've seen in the last few years, like it's it's starting to become a thing where, like, oh, you know, you sit down and you paint your D&D minis and, you know, like, th- there's always been the terrain aspect of painting that stuff up, but I think having those pre-done models and now multi-part kit models for the first time, like, is going to open and expand this hobby into a much larger audience than we may realize, I think.
1: <laughs> and that's that's one of the reasons I'm so pumped about this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I got that night hike and just like that day I was building her up and taking pictures and and started priming and painting and I think this is this is going to be good for the hobby. The more people who get in from whatever entry point they find. um, Wonderful. Of course, you know, Warhammer and Wargaming has been a great entry point for mini painting. But if you know, especially with the rise in D&D the more people start painting because they're having fun with D&D, the better, so... Yeah? Right on, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, are there any downsides right now that you can see?
1: So, I will say that uh, just on the one model I had, the assembly, so it's a it's a witch, and she's wearing, like, a, a robe or rags or whatever, kind of a mm-hmm. robe-like sort of thing. Sure. And... The, the way the assembly went is there was like a front half and the back half of, you know, her torso and legs. And so anytime, anytime there's a joint on a robe, it's kind of, a lot of times it's hard to hide where that joint is. And so in this case, you know, there was essentially a, a join line from one shoulder all the way down her side, down her leg, down, you know. Back around, <laughs> up the other leg, up up to the other shoulder. Yeah. And, you know, being very careful with my model glue, I was able to get that pretty good. And then I was, you know, able to scrape that back down with my hobby knife pretty good. Yeah. Um And a couple of the bits are made to kind of cover that up a little bit. But
0: oh, okay. So I we'll considered it, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll see how the, the other models go together. Yeah, uh, maybe that was ones. just something that was a problem with this, but it was one of those things like, oh, not not the best place of, of joints. So, I'll, <laughs> you know, just fair review there. But I, uh, once I got it primed, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty yeah. good. I mean, um, I
0: will say that, like, most models that have robes in general yeah. have mm-hmm. some stupid line like that. Like, even expensive ones. Like, I, I just put together that Nagash, which is what, like hundred and. $50 MSRP model. And there's just the gnarliest gap down both sides of the robes. <laughs> like, and it's like, come on guys. Like, really? It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I had to use milliput to fill and sand that stuff down. Like, you know, spend an extra four or five hours doing that. So,
1: Ooh. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, it's not, so... a, it's not that, that, uh, that's necessarily a fault. I think it's a, a general, Thing with robes <laughs> so you're right maybe other minis might be a little different
1: right I, yeah. I think that's the case and uh in this promo pack there weren't instructions i, I don't know if brendan just really? forgot to give me like the, the <laughs> instructions he's like oh that's uh funcil. here's this thing that goes together to make a gingerbread house uh Brent's here's got like it. this he tiny produce. little play mat uh <laughs> here, here's the sprue for the night hag yeah and i don't know if there were instructions in there but yeah so i was I mean, it's one model. You can pretty much tell which bit goes where. Yeah,
0: that's true. It's usually
1: fine. But, yeah. By the time I got to the clear plastic, like, spell effects, though, there were, uh, like, seven <laughs> pieces of clear plastic spell uh, effects no. that were all just, like, flame or mist or... I did not get the. <laughs> one of them was pretty distinct because it had a giant smiling gingerbread man on it, but uh, <laughs> there, there were right? six that pretty much blended together in my mind. Okay. and so i was just like no i'm not i mean it was supposed to be like mists of uh of swirling bubbling cauldron fire or something sure sure but i was just like nope one i don't want it anyway and two there's no way i'm gonna figure out how to put all these bits <laughs> together without instructions so right
0: well and it's nice to have extra bits anyways like if you ever want wispy uh smoke stuff like that that can come in handy. Like I can already think of a couple things that I would have probably used that for. Like even recently, yeah, or,
1: or a burning ginger man. Yeah, gingerbread man.
0: Incredible. Yeah, A <laughs> burning gingerbread man. Like well, let's paint that up. That sounds like a good time.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> like, what story is Looking that? online, the MSRP for the Night Hag kit, this this uh, witch that I have here, that's twenty five dollars. So. The yeah. price for like the player characters, the the male human fighter mm-hmm. looks like fifteen dollars. Okay. Which for a player in a game of D and D, cool. That's a that's actually I'm I'm cool with that yeah. price point.
0: Yeah. I, I think I probably paid for that for my first like D and D model that I used in a game, like twenty twenty uh, something years ago. Even if it was a Pewter model, and I think I paid that much for it at least.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and so I think fifteen is fine. Yeah. But if you are like a DM or GM or whatever, and you're you're trying to collect a bunch of of monsters and villains and, and minions, yeah, I think it's going to get expensive fast. So the the, the multi part stuff, yeah, yeah. So the slightly like the larger sized enemy monsters, so the witch or a troll or an ogre those were at the $25 price point and depending on the kids like maybe so like the witch is at 25 maybe maybe i'm glad i got it for a free promotional uh weekend but you know if i needed a witch with gingerbread men you know if i was yeah. in the mood for that i'd maybe man. spend the 25 you know
0: that's so specific
1: it's really for, specific for But if i, I mean know, like
0: i'm sure you can get rid of yeah. the gingerbread man but like You know, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because like, you know, uh, a special character for uh, Age of Sigmar is like twenty five, thirty five bucks. And most people are just like, whatever, that's fine. I want that guy. So like maybe. But then again. I don't know, like for a one shot kind of deal, like, oh, let's go to this hag house and kill this gingerbread man. Like, was that an hour? two hours maybe <laughs> like i don't know
1: yeah the so that one seems really specific and uh, i don't know exactly whether or not they're ever going to be selling their uh their cardboard gingerbread house or the the little encounter that went with that i don't, I don't know if that's ever gonna probably make its right? way like a into a, a real product or just be promotional or whatever but you know see um, that's
0: something i might actually be into it's like Hey, we have this thing set up for you. It's a two-hour mini game, you know, one-shot campaign that you can run with X amount of people. Here's that the, would be fun. the stuff, all the the prompts for you to go through with your party, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, yeah, it's a hundred bucks. This is a game that you can play, and it can change every time. You know what I mean? Like that. That actually feels more like something that they could use that for, and they might because they have that other product.
1: Oh, I bet the business-minded folks over at WizKids Kids are—they're—they're uh, they're <laughs> scheming these things up. Oh, I'm sure you, you they are. You better believe they, it. They scheme a oh, lot. Yeah. of things
0: up, don't they?
1: They do. Ooh. They do. Man, so I just bought a WizKids uh, now. The, now the troll, like, like a customizable troll uh, out of nice plastic for twenty-five. A little yeah. more general, and so that you might get some more attention on that. Same but with sure. the ogre. So mm-hmm. the. The the one that seems like it might be a miss, though, is they have sets of five enemies. So buy a set of five orcs, and you can, to a degree, it looks like you can customize each of the five orcs. You know, again, same legs, same body, but a couple of choices for, for some of the, the arms and knickknacks. Yeah. Oh. So they've got like a set of orcs and a set of kobolds. And the pricing for that is fifty dollars for a box, and that one to me, fifty dollars for five kobolds.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: they looked like they were pretty good kobolds, but uh, they, they look good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Tough. That's fifty That's really fifty dollars for five kobolds. That's.
0: Um, I the bet they'll, they'll sell. Is, uh, they'll sell. Yeah, they,
1: maybe not. Maybe not a ton, but people people need those kobolds. And so I mean, many of the Kobold like minis on the market right now are not good. So That's true.
0: Um, the comparison I can think of is uh, Grotz, Warhammer Grotz. Mm-hmm. I think it's $20 for 10 of those right now.
1: Might even be cheaper. And, and those are all monopose though. And I mean, sure. the, the little image I saw as like a pre-sale on some random website made it look like each of those 5 kobolds had two or three different variants you could build them as that were each kind of unique and cool looking and stylized and fun
0: yeah you know so i wonder that
1: uh but uh
0: if it come if they come with extra arms extra head extra different things i have to imagine that uh there will be some 3D-printed body-leg combinations that then you could use those extra bits on. Sure. Um, in which case, $50, probably more than worth it.
1: Well, I mean, if you have a 3D printer, you can just be printed in <laughs> your own
0: kobolds. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I guess I guess we, we know some people who have uh, pretty good 3D-printed kobolds out there. Yeah,
1: that's true. You know, his are a little bit uh, beefier and fatter and and funnier. But uh, yeah, my that kinda,
0: my kind of model.
1: My, my kind of bold. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my kind of most models in general. <laughs> like, give me that goofy guy. Yeah, that one. I yeah. us <laughs> like, paint that.
1: So that is that is one thing that's coming up on the horizon. I don't know if it's late, late, late 2021 or early 2022, mm-hmm. but I'm excited about frameworks. Maybe get some more D and D people into like painting. actually working with nice models and and yeah. taking taking customization and painting a little more seriously. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're if you're starting off with current whiz kids with like the floppy swords and like nasty yeah. caked on pre primed, <laughs> um, I can see why the the culture of really caring about your paint jobs hasn't totally caught on in the D&D world yet.
0: I can see that. Um, but you and start, I, mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> like, I I, yeah. knew, I knew people who used to paint, like, they, they get hero clicks which are pre-painted floppy models, and they that's where they started painting. They're like, oh yeah, I, I play tabletop games, I, you know, I paint hero clicks and it's like, I don't know how you manage, but that's cool. Like, I've I played that game. I don't know how I could paint one of those.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's floppy. But, it's but no, floppy. I, I I think that has been the culture, though, of, uh, you know, I certainly played D&D minis, which were pre-painted polystyrene floppy minis. Mm-hmm. I had fun with that game. Yeah. And on the back of the, the skirmish rules, they had the rules for using those minis in an actual RPG version of Dungeons and Dragons um but yeah i, I, I don't know it i don't know if this is derogatory or not but it seems to me that the tradition in the D&D community has cared less about cool paint jobs and partly cuz you don't need minis at all to play dungeons and dragons and have a good that's time that's true
0: it's so optional
1: but, yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely optional but um even even in the the pockets that do use minis for a lot of their games some of them see, seems like there's a lot of folks there who who have a lot they could learn about painting and and working with nice sure. models and yeah. So I am I think this is going to be a great step up for the the whole mini painting community and I'm excited about it. So yeah,
0: and speaking of like maybe a, a an entryway into painting your new multi part kits D and D models, a uh, army painter has now come out or they are coming out with speed painting paints.
1: Yes, they are, Casey. Yes,
0: yes they are, Brent.
1: Yeah. Yes, they are. So <laughs> uh this is this is my other little update for for the week and I think it does flow really nicely with what we were just talking about. So Yeah. Army Painter is putting out a line of paints called Speed Paints. And essentially, they're army painter contrast paints.
0: This is such a better name, too. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, well, they, well, jumped I mean, on that. they both good. work
0: contrast, paints they're type, both um, good in their own
1: way, like and you know what we're talking about here.
0: True, very true. Still,
1: yeah. So, I mean, this is pretty much what you'd think they'd be. It <laughs> is uh, totally not contrast paint in <laughs> army painter bottles and yeah. in theory they're going to be priced less than contrast paints and well, consider an contrast paints bottles, you're not, not going to knock them over and spill them all over your table yeah so, yeah <laughs> as long as they're less than $7.80 American per bottle that you're going to spill on your first day using it uh, then, then they're a better <laughs> deal yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, I still like I, I understand the spilling. I think we've I've mentioned this before. Like I still haven't actually spilled a bottle of wash or contrast like ever.
1: Yeah. I mean and, it's, and it's... I've
0: I've seen people do it in person too. And it's like what what what? How? Oh, See you do it. Literally. Like <laughs> spilling washes.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, Danny, we're sorry. We're sorry <laughs> about your family's kitchen table. Uh we tried it's to clean fine. it up. Uh, but probably if you still look, there's like a little bit of redder wood yeah. there in the center. Uh,
0: there's a, there's a small possibility that, that,
1: I mean, we, true. we worked I don't think fast. so. I, and I was like, Casey, so. get them, get them paper towels. Have <laughs> yeah. We talked before on paint bravely, the podcast that having easy access to paper towels is huge. Yeah. Huge and plus that's One nice thing hobby space. And that day, we were working at our level one hobby station. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Our, you know, just temporarily set up there, Danny's kitchen table. And one nice thing about working in a kitchen is you got a yeah. rack of paper towels right there for when you spill that Caraberg uh, crimson all over somebody else's <laughs> kitchen table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's see the thing about these army painter paints. Well, when you spill somebody
1: else's Caraberg <laughs> yeah. crimson all over Somebody the else's. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so much worse
0: He <laughs> <laughs> spilled someone else's eight dollar bottle of wash <laughs> you bastard <laughs> there's like a, okay. a buck fifty left in the bottle by the time Brent got done with it <laughs> uh,
1: okay so it, it's not just that it's that the entire top is off and it's a liquid so that when it knocks over it all spills out that's part of the design the other part of the design is that the lid doesn't just come off the lid stays on top of the bottle sticking up it's a lever arm it is sticking up Uh there as a trap for you to push it it over like
0: gives it momentum like instantly it's it's it's
1: not it's not sticking up like, in the center of mass, or, or, or you know, no, in the no. center, it is sticking up to the side. So it's <laughs> yeah. already weighting the bottle in that direction, and just the slightest touch on that perfectly positioned lever arm, just $7.80 gone, you know? Yep. Plus, like, a couple cents worth of paper towels, and, like, your sure. Sure. your entire mood for the evening. Yeah, but right, yeah. your
0: pride, that's all. Why? The point is, though, that with the Army Painter Speed Paints, that's just not going to happen. Right. It's just not. It's not so, going to happen.
1: At least one other company, I'm trying to remember, was it Scale 75? Yes. Uh, yeah,
0: Instant Colors yeah. Scale 75.
1: Instant Color, Scale 75. Yeah, so you know the he- heavy washes, heavy colored washes from mm-hmm. other companies are not a new thing. They yeah. really weren't new when Games Workshop put them out, although Games Workshops were thicker than a lot of what else was on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I think the these coming out from Army Painter is so exciting is because uh, kind of like WizKids, Army Painter has worked its way into a lot of local shops. Yeah. So, yeah, I can go to the mall and get a starter set of Army Painter paints right now. And I cannot say the same for Scale seventy five or Reaper or Pro Acryl or anything else.
0: That's a good point. I mean, it like its accessibility in general is way way higher. Um, I think one of the stores in my area carries a handful of Scale seventy five paints uh, that they don't restock pretty much ever, or if ever, to my knowledge, I don't think they've ever restocked it. Um, and they did buy like one set of. The instant colors, but I haven't seen any come back, and it's been a year.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, it's like nobody really is looking for that stuff. Like the army painter rack, though, that they have is huge and always gets restocked. Like army painter just is everywhere, and it's in all the stores.
1: Right, yeah. and I mean we've talked about before, like the actual war paints range from army painter is is not my favorite thing. No, but, not my favorite uh, thing. No. The <laughs> Some Mm -hmm. of their other stuff, some of their, like, non-flagship product stuff, I actually like a lot. Um, Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been testing out their airbrush paint, and Mm -hmm. I do like that. Um, That's that's nowhere near as newsworthy, though, because airbrush paint is not something that's going to be stocked at the mall. It's not uh, something that's uh, of use to everybody. Sure. Uh, It's it's way down the list of things that a beginner is ever going to be purchasing. Yeah. But the, the little bottles of speed paint here, you go, you get yourself a, a whiz kids frameworks, a bottle of primer, couple of bottles of, uh, army painter, speed paint, uh, mm-hmm. that, that could very plausibly be somebody's first purchase. Who's getting into the hobby mm-hmm. at their local store next year i would say that is a good way to go yeah right yeah um so where we are right now i think army painter it kind of seems to be like they're just starting to get stuff coming off the assembly line uh out of their paint mixing and bottling factory or what (laughs) have you there because (laughs) the so far they've sent reviewers three different colors and they're not even they're not even fun colors it's dark blue it's dark brown <laughs> and it's gray oh man and which is enough to tell that like okay yeah this is doing what a heavy wash should do uh they're no dark, problem but... so far seems decent yeah that's, that's uh, but it's not <laughs> uh but i'm going to withhold further comment until i've tried some more colors but okay. i <clears throat> i i think it's something that's pretty hard to mess up uh the The marketing materials claim that the relative pigmentation between the different colors is going to be similar. So like Uh for for contrast paints, it it was kind of widely known that, okay, some of these one coat and you've got a really, really dark teal or you've got a really (laughs) dark turquoise or blue or whatever. But you you put on the the Guillemot flesh and it's like okay you've got a slight stain of tan you know uh.
0: <laughs> which is it, it's funny because uh, the Guillemot flesh <laughs> as you put it that's uh, my favorite um, looks just like friggin Reichland flesh shade like there's no difference <laughs> like it's the same yeah. stuff <laughs> so I think the medium's a little different that's about it yeah but you're right yeah that that was a a pretty big thing. It's like the discrepancy between pigmentation was so huge, and it's like okay, you have to like memorize what each paint does, which is right stupid. <laughs> it's way more difficult to. So I mean, I mean manage. to
1: be fair, that is partially just the way pigments are. Sure. Like in any paint range, your yellows are gonna act different than your blues, mm-hmm. and part of learning to paint is just learning the little idiosyncrasies idiosyncrasies of each Mm -hmm. color of of paint Um, and those will vary a bit between brands but in theory according to their marketing materials army painter has tried to even that out a little bit in their speed paint range and uh we'll see i can tell you that the gray the dark blue and the uh what dark brown were all pretty Pretty similar
0: yeah (laughs) I mean, like I think I think the thing is uh, because yeah, you're right. There there are differences between paints in in a range, right? And you have to get used to certain things about certain colors and pigments and whatever. Like white is always tricky, right? Um, that kind of thing. But w- in the contrast range, it was like yeah, this turquoise is like dark, but this yellow is really bright. Whereas if you yeah water this turquoise down a little bit, it's really bright. It's just a lot. It's it's a much wider variety or like there's 10 different browns. And if you don't water them down, they all look the same. That's a lot to like then deal with after the fact. I don't know. They don't because they don't act differently. They're just right. Like the level of pigmentation is different. It feels like that.
1: So I am curious to to get my hands on the rest of the colors from this Army Painter line to see, I mean, partially just to see what the pretty colors look like, um, yeah. <laughs> but also to see if, you know, test some more of them out to see if any of them do act different and if any of them are bad, <laughs> you know. Sure, um, yeah, it's but, inevitable. <laughs> and, and also just to, yeah, test that, that relative pigmentation. Um, but yeah, in, in conclusion, this is... Totally not contrast, which is a fun way to paint, whether whether it's the best way for a beginner to learn to paint or not. Uh, I don't know, but it is fun. Uh, and there it's are fun, some models yeah. where it looks pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if if that's the style of painting you like, uh, right on. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be widely available. I think it's going to be reasonably priced. And mm. I think it will be the case that... Some of these Army Painter Speed Paints will be in the very first, you know, shopping basket that a new painter buys. Um, And so for some people, this is going to be their first experience of of painting minis. And that makes it an important launch. I mean, new products and new paint lines are coming out all the time. Mm -hmm. And... I mean I I think we both like Pro Acryl, you know? I I think a lot of our friends like Pro Acryl. Yeah. Um uh, but right now you can't buy that at the mall. So no. it yeah. is it is less important to the overall painting community <laughs> than than the stuff that you can buy at the mall. So yeah.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um I mean that's and that's I think that uh, you know when I started it was like, well yeah, here's a you of citadel paints. And that was like the thing you use to paint your citadel models. Right. You know, and that was, that was, mm-hmm. it made sense. Um, and now that there's just so many out there, like whatever's at the store is probably the thing I'm going to end up buying the most. And like, luckily for me, at least like I have a good variety in types of hobby shops and the types of paints they, they carry, you know? So I, I do have pretty good access in my area. Um, but I would say that most areas, even if you don't have good access, they're at least going to have this Army Painter stuff. So but it's right. it's good to to go for what, what you have available to you and get used to that.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, in, in some ways, Army Painter is sort of like the off-brand to Games Workshop. And so it's... It, it's uh, always felt
0: like that to me. Like they're... Yeah. They're the, the diet Coke, right? They're the, the off, not quite, or the, no, uh, the doctor, the doctor, thunder, doctor, thunder, uh, the doctor yeah. perky. Yeah. There you
1: go. <laughs> Wait, is Dr. Pibb the same thing? No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't, Mr. Doesn't matter. Pibb is like
0: the, the Mr. knockoff Pibb. brand, Mr. but it's Pibb. still like a good, brand. like I like Mr. Pibb. That's a that's a good, like, uh, cherry cough syrup soda. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's All a right. good one. Um, but, yeah, the, your Dr. Thunders or your Mrs. Plebs or whatever, that's when you start getting, you know, way off
1: brand. Shasta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Shasta Cola. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, I mean, I also really like Vallejo. Like, just yeah. flat out, my favorite line of paints has been Vallejo for a while. And, uh, yeah. you know, maybe... I'm sure that that'll come and go over the years, but that is that is a solid go-to brand. Uh but or at least near me, it's it's hard to get. Like yeah. it it's pretty much uh you have to order it for, for where I live. Where yeah. I live, no local stores are selling Vallejo. Um and it seems like, you know, Games Workshop, Army Painter are more locally available. And in terms of big product releases that we should all be aware of, yeah, good to keep an eye on what Army Painter is doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I think that they're one of those companies that they come out with so much stuff, and like we've talked about in the past, it's kind of hit and miss. Um, but you know, I think mm-hmm. they're they probably have more hits than misses. Um, like a lot of their paints, I'm just not a fan of, but uh, some of them work really well. Some of them are just good colors, So it's, it's a weird thing uh, because it just depends. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and in some ways it doesn't even matter if they're any good or not. They are, (laughs) they are in so many different multi-packs and under so many like slightly different branding and, and uh, they're, they're everywhere. And so they are, culturally important to us whether sure. they're any good or not and, and yeah, like you said, some media, of them some media. of them are good too so yeah 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 and yeah.
0: yeah, that uh what is it brain brain matter beige or something that's, that's a good one good color
1: <laughs> anyways <It is.
0: laughs> like the one that i actually i can't, re- actually I can't remember if
1: i actually like that one or not but are you, are you recommending that i give that another shot the brain matter beige
0: i i want to say that one i've had some success with uh for doing okay. like undead skin tones and stuff uh, my, my go-to right now that I've been really enjoying that I feel like is, is, uh, I don't know, like the paints just work for me a little bit more. How I want them to is, is using Pro Acryl and, uh, and Scale 75 in conjunction, like a lot of base hmm. coating with the Pro Acryl, a little bit of highlighting, and then a lot of the blending and glazing with the Scale 75 has worked really well for me, so, uh, both paint ranges not available locally pretty much at all, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. I've seen
1: neither of those at my local mall. Yeah,
0: yeah right. No, it's it's definitely right. not something you're going to find. <laughs> it sucks, but whatever. What are you going to do? All
1: right. So that was, that was my update. Two interesting product lines, which I think are important because they are going to be part of many new painters uh uh, setup so
0: i think you're right and i I am excited for the the contrast or the speed painting whatever um i mean i like to airbrush contrast paints i use contrast paints quite a bit so you know if that acts similarly through my airbrush then hey you know what that's an entire range of airbrush paints that i'm going to be more than happy to pick up so we'll see how it goes
1: right on yeah. Alright, You got uh, you got anything else you want to tell us about, or or should we get into our I our think, event?
0: I think we should get into our uh, our main topic at this point. I mean, I always have things to talk about, but uh, whatever.
1: Oh, <laughs> our friend Neil at Real Terrain Hobbies launched a Kickstarter of yeah. Um, you have written here Hobbit Hole. That's actually incorrect. They yeah, are I, halfling that's, homes.
0: That's our notes. I was gonna say halfling homes. Thank you. So
1: yeah. Uh, they i mean i guess they remind maybe, me yeah. a little bit of hobbit holes and you they, have the you <laughs> have the option of a rectangular door on the front or a circular uh-huh. door circular um, door yeah so so neil uh, did the uh, did all the 3d sculpting on these and they are i mean house fronts i guess that you like yeah. put into your terrain projects and neil has i think a three part video series of building the shire mm-hmm. Uh, but in his it's shire epic. it's halflings who live in halfling homes.
0: Exactly.
1: Um it, it is quite yeah. epic though. It is, like, it that is was an a... amazing build. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um but if you have a 3D printer and you want halfling homes, uh go take a look on Kickstarter. Uh there we helped Neil out. It's doing fine already though. But it is. It's uh, killing it. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah. You, you yeah, man, that's on Neil. the list.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are they are beautiful. Uh, okay. So we crossed that out. All right. Right. You want to, mm-hmm. if you're don't, ready, we don't can do the topic. not have any
0: more, sponsored sections for this week. Uh, none of that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into our, our main topic. So, uh, like we, we kind of hinted at earlier, we wanted to talk about why you should paint like the box art. So, uh, any kind of model that you buy is usually going to have, some nice looking pre-painted model on the front. You're going to go, wow, I really like that. And, uh, you know, it's going to compel you to pick up a model. A lot of the times it's, that's why I buy models. Like I I bought specifically the iron jaws for Warhammer uh, because of the sweet yellow armor. Like I wanted that yellow armor. So, you know, when I did that, it was like, oh, everybody's saying, oh, yellow is so hard to paint. And it's like, you know what? Like I want this yellow armor off the box art, so what did I do i I tried my hardest to get that look um and I used techniques that I found online to do that, and there was a lot of information because that's the box arts that's what people were teaching uh so we wanna kinda go into some of that of like why it might be just a good idea to start there um or you know even if you've been painting for a while, like why to go for the box art in some cases. Um, If it's not Games Workshop, there are, like, world-class painters painting the box art for some of these models out there. And it's like, you know, I should probably try that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a topic. Yeah, for sure. So, uh I'll start off here. I often try to avoid the box art to get a different color combo, to get something that's mine, to get something new, to to add something new and beautiful and wonderful to the world, a product entirely Mm -hmm. of my creativity, um, because choosing the colors is a lot of the choices that you make when you're painting a model. True. But it can feel like an amazing luxury to remove all of that decision-making process, all of that, in some ways, stress, Mm -hmm. and just say, these are the colors I'm going to use. Not going to mess yeah. around with trying to see, you know, what goes with this color or what I want the main couple of colors to be, or is this going to clash or, or should this be warm or cool or, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. All the, just, all the just, hot keywords you hear floating around of how you should paint your models, right?
1: Yeah. We, we do a non-metallic metal. We do an edge highlighting. We do in sweet blends we i don't know or just just paint it like it's on the box Uh, take out take out all of those decisions and there are still interesting decisions to be made while you're painting but it's an entirely different subset and and i think that it changes the focus of what you're doing and what you're thinking about as you're working on that model
0: yeah Um, I think that, that a lot of it too is, uh, you know, because even on the back of most model boxes, they, you know, they kind of give you an idea of some of the colors that were used, but it's not the whole story. Right. So there's some reverse engineering and figuring out like, well, why do these colors go together? Why were they put together? If they were put together on the back of the box, you know, you kind of get a feel for how things just work together. Like I said, so. You know, if you're painting a bunch of greens and it's like, oh, well, you know, you, you got to start with this purple and then you paint a green and then you paint this like light green. You're just like, I don't understand. You know, well, it might not be something that you've ever actually tried before. And, you know, you see the result on the box. So it's kind of like proof of concept. So sure, you try something new.
1: Well, and yes, if if the box does inspire you to work with colors that you've never used before hey, that's a good prompt to to push you into trying something new. And so there is, on one side, the box art can be, here, try this new thing. Here's a prompt for you. This is going to be a useful exercise. But on the other side, it can also be, here's something that you're partially familiar with already. Here Here are the colors we used, allegedly. (laughs) <laughs> and most here you know, the techniques we used allegedly. Yeah. And um yeah, and, and so it can be either learning something new by by trying to reverse engineer it, or learning yeah. something new because yeah, you you yeah. you really haven't tried any of that stuff before.
0: That's true. And on the other hand, it's it's uh it's something that you're probably gonna find a tutorial for, and you have the literal perfect reference for so you can probably get pretty close you know and and learn some stuff along the way of you know maybe more advanced techniques rather than you know just layering then highlighting and calling it a day you know you're gonna probably have to take a few more steps if you if you start to watch tutorials that show you how to paint this specific model in the way that they painted it on the box um so having access to education like that that is very specific is kind of a luxury. Like, you know, beyond, uh, historically, most of us have not really had that. Um, it is very specific, like to be like, I like the yellow on these iron jaws and to find like 50 videos on how to paint the yellow on these iron jaws. It's like, that's a lot of information to take in. That is probably going to get you there. You know? Uh,
1: that is a very good point so i mean a lot of us when we're watching painting videos we you know maybe we're filing away a few clever ideas or or thinking of ways that we can adapt something that we're seeing in this you know random painting video to something that we might do later Mm -hmm. but i think it's it may be pretty rare uh except for maybe Ultramarines or something, but it may be pretty sure. rare that people say, I'm going to take this model, and I am going to do exactly what this person, you know, leading the tutorial is doing. I'm going right. to reproduce exactly what is in this video. Right. I think the most people watching that video do not do that. No, probably not. And... And I think there's absolutely value to, like you said, like there is, there is somebody in a lot of these cases telling you exactly what to do to get that box art. Not, not every piece of box art has a cool tutorial, but a lot of them do. So if, a if, lot if of we're them in do. that zone, a <laughs> yeah. lot of them do depends, depends what company you're getting your models from and all that, but That's uh, true. a, a, a lot of times, a lot of times, yeah. And so that is not only kind of a different way to paint your models, but a different way to consume hobby videos of Mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to watch this video in some ways for the actual complete purpose in which it was intended. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) Go figure. That's why it was made.
1: I mean, a lot of times (laughs) I watch a video and like, huh, you know, that dry brushing kind of looked good. Maybe, maybe, right. maybe I should give dry brushing another thought instead of being like, uh, this yeah. is how I'm layering up this exact type of green on these orcs. Right. right.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause we, I think we do get caught up in that with, with watching the videos. It's like, we try and take little bits here and there, but it's like, I think uh, more often than not, you probably are missing something. There's a, there's a slight disconnect unless you're following it to paint something within that. Cause like, why am I relaying this information if it's not for someone to copy it? Right. It's like, cool. That's how I got here. But like, not, eh, yeah, I don't know. Not that, like I said, well, I, anybody's going to actually follow that, but
1: yeah, I mean, I assume most people watching my videos are not doing exactly what I'm doing. I hope they're not like going no, out I and mean, finding that model <laughs> and doing exactly what I'm doing. But I do hope, like, like I try to put little tidbits in there of like I tried this technique out and this was actually kind of cool. And I tried yeah, this tool yeah. out or this brush or this paint and this this kind of worked neat. So when I'm making my videos, I actually am intending for people to get weird little tidbits or, or little ideas and, and to adapt that to whatever they work on next. Um, yeah. But some of these tutorials are very... Step by step, yeah, and could be followed as an instruction manual to try to replicate that box art and to learn something new and different by following that process.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like I think when I'm when I'm watching a painting video, and I don't know if this happens to you. I've I've heard this happens to other people, but you you know you start watching and like okay, you lay down that color, cool, all right. And they go, yeah. Now I'm gonna use this color, and you're like, okay. Well, that seems a little strange. I don't, I don't know if that's gonna work. This is like, mm-hmm. you know, in your head, you're thinking like, no, no, that's not gonna. That's-. They get like three or four more steps, and you're like, no, this isn't working. And then step 15, you're like, oh no, that works really well. Like wow, you know, um, there's a weird thing that happens that 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 uh, I don't know. Whenever I watch videos, I'm I'm like super skeptical right up until the end. And then I gotta like go back and be like, no, okay, what did they actually do? Because I, I didn't think any of that was gonna work at all.
1: <laughs> and I mean, sometimes like I think a lot of times what I take away from a video is some color recipe, mm-hmm. yellow over pink primer, for example. You know, you yes. you take away some little thing like, oh, this is an interesting way to to paint yellow or uh, to paint blue or to paint green skin or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the actual the actual act of going in and following all of that recipe on the intended model, I think there's there can be a lot of power in that, because I think you may pick mm-hmm. up on some of the subtleties exactly. of, yeah. of why those choices were made on that model. You might pick up on, like, oh, I see why it was ordered this way, because... <laughs> I don't know. These shields get in the way, otherwise, or right. yeah, you you can't dry brush later in the the process because it's <laughs> exactly. totally gonna ruin right. the or you know, whatever.
0: Well, and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like I, you know, when I watch the videos, I'm skeptical. I'm not sure, but you you follow that process through, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that I I understand after putting it to, to use. Like why it was ordered in the way it was ordered. Like you're saying maybe you can't do something later. Maybe it's going to be easier if you do this before, cause you're going to hit something else and ruin it after you finished it already. You know, like there are definitely other reasons that might not get said all the time in tutorial videos, but that are there. Like there are reasons why people are sure. doing that. So sure. um, I think, I think you can learn a lot by doing that for sure. Um, yeah. Even if you're not going to paint an entire army, like that even even just like going, oh, I really like that color scheme these are unique to me The way of painting was unique to me try that out ask yourself why like why are they doing the things they're doing you know um, because I think you'll find that, that you'll you'll come away with some some new information that you probably didn't have before
1: right so yeah actually following the tutorial you'll gain more from the tutorial that's a that is a very valid argument um okay let's let's say there is not actually a video tutorial for this model let's say you just have the box for your box art maybe the back maybe the back of the box has a little information but let's say you just have the box for your box art okay how how is this beneficial of, of trying to copy that casey
0: well i mean you get the general sense of like the colors obviously like oh that orc is green uh this thing over here is like a caucasian skin tone or that's wood and you can kind of extrapolate i mean you obviously like figure out like okay i need to use some kind of green right but you have a reference in front of you so it's kind of one of those things where you could start with any green you want and you go oh well you know i'm gonna look at this picture well it's too dark okay cool get a little bit brighter like how are you gonna do that? you're gonna mix in some uh some white you're gonna mix in some yellow you got a brighter green on hand like what are you going to do? What is your solution to solve this problem to get as close as you can to that box art and and because you have that reference, you're gonna know if you're right or wrong you know or right. if you feel like, oh, this is close enough you know like you you can see that if you know it's right in front of you like I love painting with a a reference um I usually print out a picture uh like a couple different models that I like um especially if I'm trying to paint something specific I'll I'll google image search a bunch of stuff print out three or four pictures and I'll like have them in front of me so I go okay I'm I want to get it you know the skin tone of this uh troll to look like this Well, I can see it right in front of me I know like oh where does that blend stop from here to here like cuz I like the way that that looks you know um so you can kind of just You know, get as close as you want to the actual picture. Like I said, know if you're right or wrong.
1: Right. Massive. Now, I think this is a really good point of like actually color matching and seeing if you achieved what was in the picture. That can be hard. I mean, a lot of times when I'm putting down a wash or I'm highlighting up or something, I don't know what the finished product is going to look like, especially when I'm just throwing down a wash. Sure, sure. And a lot of times, you know, like, whoa, that turned out darker than I was expecting, but it's still kind of cool. Let's go with it. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or wow, that, you know, I was highlighting from purple to light blue and it turned out that the blue is really dominating. I wasn't expecting it to be quite that, that prevalent, but it looks cool. Right. And so (laughs) that is very commonly you know, what's going through my mind when I'm painting of like, oh, I wasn't quite expecting that, but let's go with it. Like, this is is going in an interesting direction. Mm -hmm. But if you're, uh, you know, trying to match something on some cover art, you can be like, oh, I did not achieve what I set out to achieve. Yes, this may be new and interesting and fun, but I did not get the green that I was going for. Sure. This green is way too dark or light or yellow or minty or or, or what have you. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I guess you know, got to be careful not to drive yourself too crazy there. You sure. Know, like stressing out over it. But as an exercise to improve your skills at color matching, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it starts to give you a sense of um like like you said color matching figuring out where in the range of paints that you have you can kind of find these tones um color theory a little bit like like maybe subconsciously because you're you're starting to understand like well okay you know it looks like they used uh you know some yeah whatever blue in this green over here you know and it's got this kind of shadow to it or whatever the case is you know um or, you know, like the example earlier, you said that orange, that the pink under undercoat to to yellow creates this like nice orange kind of burnt look in the shadows. And I think that you know, in order to replicate that, you start to see, well, why why do these things work together? And then you're gonna do that in the future, you're gonna say, Well, I know that scrag brown over yellow looks pretty awesome which you wouldn't think it would. It's brown over yellow, but there you go. That's what gives you that nice blendy transition with Citadel paints. Like it's, it's a thing that I've seen a thousand times in a thousand tutorials at this point, but something that, uh you know, was discovered early on because it just was there in a picture.
1: Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for using your mental energy in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I said, uh, when I paint, I spend a lot of time and effort and (laughs) mental resources thinking about what color I want each bit of that mini to be. And yeah, it is nice to say, you know what? I am painting according to this uh, card from the game or the box art or whatever. And just say, all of these decisions are made for me. Everything I can see in yeah. this picture, that's the color it's going to be. And instead of, you know, thinking about uh, complementary colors and, you know, what's going to go with what and what's going to look cool, instead I'm thinking about, okay, how am I going to achieve this look? How yeah. am I going to achieve this blend? <clears throat> how how am I going to make this as neat as the artist did for this uh, commission paint job on the box. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I had something else for it too. Uh,
1: yeah, you just, you know, you're, you are developing different skills because you are completely freeing yourself up from the energy that you'd be spending on picking colors. Um, and once you have freed up that mental energy, you can put it to, to new places and maybe learn something new and interesting that's true
0: um, another another reason to do it is that um, you know especially when you're starting out like the box art is probably a higher level paint job than what you're probably capable of um, so yeah like going through the motions and trying to get there with matching that box art as much as possible like you're probably just going to get better because you're trying something you're, you're trying to replicate something that is better than your current skill level. You know, so mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be doing things or trying, you know, washes or highlights or whatever, you know, edge highlighting a lot of the times is like, Oh man, that made such a huge difference that maybe you didn't think about yeah. before, you know, like your space Marines go from, that's a cool space marine to like, Whoa, like I can see all the armor panels on your space marine you know, and you didn't even realize necessarily why until you started staring at the box art. When I started, uh, painting, um, I was painting. I think the first thing I I got out were Eldar guardians, you know? And I stared at the box art for hours. Like I was pretty young, you know, there's not much else to do, but like looking at that box art. And one of the major things that I think helped me, um, Doing that was besides like, you know, understanding the colors or buying the paints that I bought for that army or whatever, um, I was able to see the individual areas that were painted on the models because sometimes when you prime a model black, you cannot see parts. And then all of a sudden you run into like, there's some weird piece of plastic here and I don't know what this is supposed to be you know
1: that's a really uh, good point yeah you look at the
0: boxer and it's like oh well that's that's like a grenade it's not just a bump of plastic like there's a grenade on his belt i need to paint that silver right all of a sudden you know the the different parts on the model that are there so when you actually run into them you're not just going to be confused and shut down all of a sudden like i don't know what to do i'm gonna move on to the next one (laughs) you know um so that helped me a lot when i started because i just knew the models right i knew what yeah. each piece was and what it was supposed to look like
1: yeah when i started painting a uh, dark eldar for for mm-hmm. my first models <laughs> it was really hard for me to tell uh, whether their spandex with spandex or just yeah, bare skin in exactly. between the armor plates and if you just start start painting along and painting along and putting you know bare skin in between their armor plates eventually <laughs> you'll you'll end up with their buttocks it'll just be hanging out uh-huh. hanging out elf flesh buttocks Man, um, that makes me
0: really want to go back and like make a whole army of just assless chap dark elder. <laughs> like that—that that makes perfect sense now. I I completely paint understand bravely, this my army. Friend. I paint completely bravely. get it. They're dark. They're into some stuff. Spikes. Yeah, and but you look at stuff. the you
1: look at the box. You're like, no, no, <laughs> no. that's spandex, isn't it? That's all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Space spandex. <laughs> yeah. So it, so it's
1: yeah. Their their rear ends are just. Covered in very tight spandex, and yeah, yeah, it's not entirely hanging out.
0: Latex is what is going on here,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's how I interpret dark elder in general. You changed the finish (laughs) on it, and that's what you got for sure. Really shiny. Yeah, maybe put a few <laughs> reflections on it. Yeah, a few glints.
0: Exactly. But those are the kinds of things, right? Now all of a sudden you can understand what the material is. Like, is that cloth or is that leather? It could be either. But how did how did they paint it? How does the box look like? Why is it painted that way? Right. You know, right, that's right, right. and again, you can look at the the color, like why why did they paint that white and why did they paint that brown? You know, you look at the surrounding colors, you go, oh, well, there's separation here, like it stands yeah. out now, like just right. just all these things. The box art can tell you this information there.
1: Oh, that's a vest. I right. get it. Yeah. Oh, he, it's not just oh skin. he has an undershirt on oh it's a different color isn't it yeah look at that yeah. did you just yeah. paint
0: all these characters like just completely naked with like armor over the right. top <laughs> oh it's a shirt <laughs> it's not a uh, skin <laughs> uh, <laughs> that makes that makes a lot more sense
1: yeah just, just look at the box after you've painted everything Ah, oh, now you tell me yeah right
0: right <laughs> yeah
1: um, that, I don't know. There was that's, a semi serious um, point, though, about um, the chests, especially. Like, on a yeah. lot of characters, there will be a shirt and an undershirt and a vest <sighs> and a jacket. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to tell which part belongs to which material. Uh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: The one that catches me off guard is uh, if they have a cape or a cloak and there's like a, sure. you know, an edge that's flipped up and over. It's like, yeah. well, uh, which part is the top and which is the bottom? Because sometimes it, it, it's a little bit confusing. So you paint the whole thing and it's like, oh, I'm going to paint this cloak red. And it's like, well, the underside is supposed to be black and you missed a whole corner, you know? Sure. So all of a sudden you just have an unfinished cloak that like has a weird <laughs> separation in it doesn't make any sense. But like you wouldn't necessarily know that without looking at a picture of a finished model. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you're making a great point that uh, really studying the box art can just help you learn what the model is supposed to be i mean that's a really good point because almost every model there's like some little knickknack like oh, mm-hmm. what the heck is that right is it like what is that is supposed they wearing to be? a ring or is that like a <laughs> yeah did i not trim that mold line yeah what, that's what and that's that?
0: that's what gets me right it's like did i screw this up and i have to start over or is this actually part of the model
1: right like Are, is, is there supposed to be, a, like, a pinky finger sticking out at an angle, or did I yeah, okay. fingers here? Like, A yeah.
0: good example <laughs> is I, I painted a Sail the Faithless and the Night Maw, a Forge World model for Warhammer, and they're resin, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I bought these super cheap, used, so, you know, there's some busted stuff. And I put them back together, and I go, oh, no, uh, this Night Maw, which is, like, a a, a chaos mutant whatever. Um, whatever you call him, I can't remember, but he he had this, he's got this like funky hand, right? And I'm looking at it going, it looks like he's missing a pinky finger. So I Mm -hmm. like green stuff, got this out real teeny tiny sculpted this little finger. And I was so proud of myself. Like it looks legit. Like it's hanging off there proper. It's like even angled with the other fingers. And I'm like, yes, I did it. Found the box art like later. There's no finger there. It's just a little bump on the end of his like three finger hand. <laughs> like I thought it was this broken piece of the model.
1: I'm like no, like you just ruined it. <laughs> he looks better with a pinky finger though. You did I'm gonna the right say thing, so, Casey. I did, yeah.
0: <laughs> but still,
1: yeah. right? It's like
0: I didn't know that. I just assumed, and so yeah. I did all this work for like for nothing. I even put like, a, and I thought he was supposed to have like this tongue that was sticking out too. Cause it looked like there was a busted off tongue and I did the same thing. And it's like, it looks cool. It looks normal. You can't tell. Uh, Cause you know, it's, it's subtle, but like, it doesn't need to be there. I just did all this work <laughs> for nothing. Like it does, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. I definitely run into that before.
1: So on a base level, look at any painted version of that model to see what stuff it's maybe is idea. supposed to be. Yeah. The box art especially will tell you what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. And yeah, just, just, you know, following the box art changes your focus a little bit, gets your mind working in new ways, making new pathways, learning new skills. Yeah. Uh, it it is definitely a worthwhile exercise once in a while. And, uh, I, I do it sparingly, but yeah, every once in a while, one of the projects I'm working on right now, I am just following the box art just, yeah. Yeah. As a, as a guide to take a lot of those decisions off my plate and let me concentrate on other things. And, you know, Gordon is here and I think he wants to go watch Dune on HBO max. So yeah,
0: I, I think I'm right there with you. Like Dune on HBO max seems like the thing to do right now. Uh I don't know. Seems, uh, kind of awesome. Yeah. I don't know. You're what, like halfway through right now
1: the movie Well 40 minutes in yeah, I, was wa- I started it's watching a third. little bit while you getting set up here and I mean so far it's mostly people walking around in futuristic airports but there's sweet music in the background and like I mean that's in the best way like it is, so far it is awesome <laughs> right uh, <laughs> it's
0: done very well
1: it's <laughs> a sweet so far, future airport awesome. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hopefully they, uh, they get out of the airport and start riding some, some giant lizards or you know
1: Worms. Hey, no spoilers. Yeah.
0: I literally have no idea. I know there are okay. these things. I know there's a thing called, uh, what, cumin or some such? Paprika? Whatever.
1: It's been a long time since I read the book, so so yeah. I don't think we could spoil it if we wanted to. But
0: <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, there's there's no way that we could spoil it.
1: <laughs> like, well, on that, uh, that's not a thing.
0: On that note, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. As always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.
1: Talk to you next time, friends.